Hello, hello, and welcome to the Draw Play Podcast, episode 17. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocho. With me, as always, is expired gift card, Sam Grezis. <laughs> Aren't there places that you can uh, sell those back to and they'll like give you some money, but like not any real money for it? Are you talking about the streets? Do you want yes, yes, the streets. That's what I do. I sell people, I sell people expired gift cards on the street uh, so they can, you know, make lines of coke with them because that's the new <laughs> cool thing to do and that other voice you hear is our guest for this week welcome back to the show trevor risk you know it's a uh, it's a stat holiday here in canada today is it a what uh it's a bc day british columbia day so we, sit and we all recognize that we live in british columbia and uh i'm gonna crack this beer actually because it's uh yeah because it's bc day crack em, boys happy bc day but you guys don't pretend this is live or anything, do you? No. I don't think any of your listeners would really look up BC Day anyway. Well, BC Day, if you're listening to this podcast, BC Day was two days ago, so find your nearest Canadian. And uh, if they're from British Columbia, give them a hug. And if they're not, punch them in the face. In New Brunswick, it's called New Brunswick Day. In uh, Nova Scotia, it's called Natal Day. I don't know what that means. So it's just called Civic Holiday in other places. Most of the country has it off, though. So, so wait. So you have a a like a province day yeah. that that is the same day. It's August first for everyone. Yeah. But it's a different holiday depending on where you live. It's just called something different, you know. Right, right. But can't they give you like your own day? Can't can't they have like the whole country celebrate BC Day regardless of where they live? That's July first. That's Canada Day, Sam. But that's okay. And then. Uh... But then this is Canada Day too. <laughs> Because you're celebrating all of Canada, but just the part where you live. In February, each province has family day, but it's on a different day. So if, like, I'm in BC and my family lives in Alberta, kind of go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're already into the Canadian facts already without touching anything off the top. This is this is why you. It's okay. This is this is our final week of the season of the off season without football. Oh, that's next right. week. We will have the Hall of Fame game to pretend mm -hmm. that we cared about. Yep. So this is this is our final week. This is it. We don't have to wait any longer after this. It's thank God it's almost over. T G I A O. I like the Hall of Fame game because you can collectively hear all our wives and girlfriends across the continent roll their eyes into the back of their head. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And like us being like, I know it's uh, like 35 degrees Celsius outside and uh, sweaty balls. I'm gonna sit inside. I'm gonna watch this game where we talk about. I don't know, Andre Risen or someone else in the mm -hmm. past we don't really care about. But uh, it's important, I guess. Who's playing this year? Anyone know? It's the Colts and the Packers. Oh, good. So how many, uh, who's the fourth string quarterback on the Packers this year? Is it still Ty Detmer? I have no idea. <laughs> Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer is going to be in the league for forever. I loved those guys when I was a kid. The guys who were perpetually just signed every day, basically like 10-day contracts. You remember Gino uh -huh. Toretta was the king of that. Every day in the paper when I was a kid, Gina Toretta got signed and released by somebody. Gina Toretta. But I'm really excited for next week's because we can watch all the sports writers try desperately to make content for or based on the Hall of Fame game. So you'll see the articles were just, hey, is Andrew Luck back? Here's his five plays that he was actually in the game for. And only four of them were really good. This one was a little bit off, but it was just a handoff, so it's okay. Twelve things we learned about Dom Capers from Sunday's Hall of Fame game. <laughs> <laughs> 
here's all the people that are probably going to get cut in the second half. <laughs> yep. You're talking about that before. And I was I, like, I'm going to have stopped watching it by then. But that's that's, you know, heartbreak. So the Hall of Fame game is so depressing because you get so everyone gets so excited for it. Just, hey, football's back. Football's back. And then you watch and you're like, no, nah, it's really not. And it's an actual extra game for these teams. Like the teams that play in the Hall of Fame game play five preseason games. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, they do. It doesn't. Yeah. Four too many preseason games. <laughs> I wonder if that like starts injury problems because the Giants played it two years ago and they've been an extremely hurt team ever since. So basically, the Hall of Fame game completely injured the Giants' future. Ah, so so there's your uh... <laughs> that that was just sad, dude. <laughs> it's also like the only game that Andre Williams looked like a NFL caliber player. So the Hall of Fame game and That's me fair. do not agree on things. No, <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid, um, I watched uh, a Hall of Fame game. And it had uh, the Falcons in it, and it was back when uh, the Falcons still had Andre Risen. And the uh, guy who was calling the game uh, mispronounced his girlfriend's name. Because you remember uh, Lisa Lopez from uh, TLC burned Andre oh, yeah. Risen out to the ground. Uh, the, the guy reading, I don't know who, who was calling the game this time, probably Deardorff or somebody, said, and his girlfriend, Lisa Lopes. And I was like, Andre Risen <laughs> Lisa Loeb? Oh, God. Uh, Lisa Loeb and her cat eye glasses burning that mother down. And, like, for a few years, I thought that's what would have happened to Andre Risen and Lisa Loeb's career. I think the only thing I can remember ever happening that was interesting in the Hall of Fame game was that Steelers kicker who got kicked out of the stands. I think it was either last year or two years ago. I can't. What what was his name? He was the weirdo kicker who had the strange hair. Jeff Reed. Yes, it was Jeff Reed. He was in the stands and he got kicked out for disorderly conduct. It was when the Steelers played the Vikings. <laughs> so he was he had been cut already by the team and he was just there to. Oh yeah, he didn't have a job for like three years at this point. Nice. He was just causing trouble. Yeah, he was just there in a Steelers jersey, and he got kicked out. He, uh, yeah, he was the guy who, who smashed that like hand dryer off the wall, right? Like that Dyson Airblade or whatever. Oh yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. Like an Applebee's or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember the Steelers back. Uh, the, the Steelers kickers at that time were uh, yeah, Jeff Reed and um, Canadian Mitch Berger from BC. Happy BC Day. <laughs> he, uh, he came to the club I was DJing at once, and I. Uh, He's like, hey, uh, do you know who I am? And I said, yeah, you're the snicker kicker. <laughs> you didn't, he didn't cut much care for that name. I don't know why. <laughs> snicker in a shoe, and he ate it. I thought, like, it was. I thought that's why he did it, but he wasn't too keen on it. And other stories of me being a total dick lord at the at the nightclub and not getting that, that you work at, being a dick lord while working at your job that requires you to, you know, interact with people. Yeah, I once, uh, this guy was, uh, wearing a dumb fedora and, uh, my friend was super drunk and kept, like, taking it off his head. And, uh, when they're about to fight, uh, the, my friend said, you shouldn't have worn a dumb fedora. And I said, you, can you stop, please? That is not a dumb fedora. That is a dumb trilby. And then just <laughs> everywhere started flying. Uh, good. As the guy in the hat was getting dragged out by security, he was like, but they saw it. He's like, no, I know. But they work here. <laughs> one day I'm going to not work in nightclubs and bars anymore, and all those people are going to come for me at once. Yep. Yeah. You'll have lost your uh, safety net. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just hiding behind giant men who used to be police officers or are trying to become police officers. <laughs> wow, those are the worst. <laughs> 
They're on my the, the people who tried to be police officers and didn't quite make it because they had anger issues. They turn into campus cops or bouncers. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's favorite people, probably. 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 Anyway, this is since this is our final week. Thankfully, we actually did get a little bit of news that we could talk about mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick finally ended his little stalemate with the Jets, and he signed for one year, I think $12 million guaranteed. So that's over. Geno Smith is back on the bench, and I'm pretty... I I was laughing at Jets fans all offseason because they were starting... This holdout had gone on for so long that they were starting to rationalize Geno Smith as a good idea. Oh. And don't get me wrong, I don't I don't have a high opinion of Fitzpatrick, but when the alternative is Geno Smith, there's there's definitely like hey, yeah, you should probably bring back Fitzpatrick. When whenever you start going through the thought process of well, hey, maybe Geno Smith is a good idea, you really need to check yourself. You need to take mm-hmm. a step back and and think about a few things if if your life has taken you to that moment. Didn't I read like when they they tried to simplify the playbook for Geno Smith when he was the starter by making it just red, yellow, and green plays, <laughs> and that was like it. It was like traffic light stuff, and he still couldn't get a grip on it. Oh, like, oh man! Oh. I those things. Like, have you, you ever talked to someone who's like maybe not as much as I do, but I'm surrounded by like complete like self-appointed artistic edge lords who like write hashtag sports on anything. Like, Dave, you made that <laughs> comic once about those guys who were, like, sitting behind their computer in Doctor Who t-shirts just burning everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's my entire circle, okay? Uh, it's it's 100% the worst. Uh, and the the thing about talking to them about football is you're like, you, you convince them, like, hey, no, you have to actually be, like, relatively intelligent to, to play at least quarterback. And they're like, oh, they roll their eyes. Oh, that's probably not the case. Whatever. But like, do you remember Tony Banks? Like, Tony Banks failed every class at Michigan State. And they were like, <laughs> but he's got an incredible body. <laughs> like, he's, he's an athletic. He's going to revolutionize the game. And he got into the NFL and just dissolved. It was embarrassing. Like, you have to be mildly intelligent. You have to be at least intelligent for football and you have to have a good work ethic a lot of people i know a lot of people who played football in college and are they're a little bit bitter towards the nfl they're bigger college people they're a little bitter towards the nfl because they feel like all the people who were dumb would get drafted even mm-hmm. though they were hard workers but really like these athletic kids get drafted into the nfl because the nfl knows that it's probably easier to turn a pure athlete into a a smart pure athlete than it is to turn a smart person with no athletic ability whatsoever into a high caliber player Mm -hmm. i guess that's true i think it's true i know there's that by that fun story of ryan mallet just walking into exams in college just going who's got a pencil for ryan mallet and then like (laughs) who's got answers well i always think of jamarcus russell when a lot of when i hear a lot of college player college people say hey you could just get by on pure athleticism i look at jamarcus russell jamarcus russell was a dumbass who had all the athletic talent in the world he didn't he didn't last long in the nfl because he was a dumbass (laughs) yeah you have to be some level of you have to be at least some caliber level of athlete to succeed in the nfl but you also need to have a decent work ethic and not be stupid i mean that's not so much true in the nhl right there's like uh players in the nhl who are just like really fat doughy guys always out of breath who uh have like soft hands and uh can score lots of goals like phil kessel 
is one of those guys. Or uh, there was a player uh, for the Leafs, the Canucks for a while, named Kyle Wellwood, who uh, had a body like a little bit doughier than mine. And like, I drink a lot. I'm drinking right now. It's two in the And uh, I remember the coach was being like, hey, didn't I tell you to get on this diet in the offseason? And his response was, but I really like fried chicken, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Good. Fried chicken is good. Fried chicken is good. I'm not arguing with him, but maybe if you've got, like, a $6 million contract on the line, pump the brakes on the fried D- chicken. Yeah, ditch the fried chicken for a little bit. Or at least wait until the off-season. Or your contract season. You know, like, just like, no, just right. eat kale, your off-season, do whatever, but then get back to your fried foods. So... Jamarcus Russell had problems with more than fried foods, obviously. Did you hear the story about Jamarcus Russell where I think one of his teammates gave him a DVD of supposedly the playbook so he could go home and review it? And the DVD was actually like a ripped copy of a movie. And Jamarcus Russell came back and said he watched it and yeah, he got all the plays. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like made made it so that he obviously clearly didn't watch the DVD. It was a little test. What was what What was the movie? Space Jam? I can't remember. I, I want to say Titanic, but I'm pulling that out of my butt. Okay. So don't quote me on in it. My, in, in my head, it's Space Jam. And he actually did learn all the plays from Space Jam. Sam, in your head, it's only ever Space Jam just going at once. Seriously, yeah. If you, if you, well, if, that's the downtime when Pokemon's not running. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice life being me. <laughs> it's always 1996. When Sam was here, I put him up on stage at karaoke. I was like, hey, I signed you up for that Quad City DJ Space Jam abortion song. And he's no. like, oh, I don't, I don't need the words. And he got up and he just cold rocked six minutes of this extended mix. Oh, you gave him the extended mix? <laughs> Jeez. There's a full version. Uh, bring it back to Dumb Players and Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. I heard another, I think this happened a couple years ago. Gino, the Jets went to a West Coast uh, team to play, and Gino missed a meeting because he went to a movie because he forgot time zones were a thing. Yep. That was that was something that I actually could kind of uh, empathize with Gino Smith on because you travel a lot. Although now thinking about it, you travel a lot with your teammates with, with your and... teammates you also travel a lot when you're in college yeah so never mind i guess do you know that time zones were invented by a canadian and do you know that i'm legally obliged to say that when talking to americans he actually he did tell me that when i was in canada uh that every single time someone brings up time zones he is he is legally obligated as a canadian to mention that fact I signed the contract in grade six, which you guys call sixth grade, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> we call it we call it sixth grade. Beginning of middle school. You don't have middle schools in Canada? One big school and everyone in the country goes to it, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it located? Just like up in the Yukon or something? Everyone just ships their children up there for 10 years? Yeah, just uh, we all go to Nunavut, you know, and uh, which sounds really cold, and it is. And uh, then we come back, and uh, we're smarter than Geno Smith. So that works. It's not, it's not hard to be smarter than Geno Smith. The Jets, the Jets are—I don't know. I don't have highest expectations for the Jets because Ryan Fitzpatrick—he sucks. Yep. Let's let's every time Ryan Fitzpatrick gets paid, it's like he turns into a pumpkin. So the the Jets are pretty much screwed no matter what. But that Bills like halfway through the season, they gave him a lot of money. And uh, here's another case. So. I know we're probably going to do some some previews. We're a week away from actual football starting and that kind of. Uh, 
actual football. Actual football. Yep. Uh, anyway, I like I'm in that weird nexus of the year where I forget who's on what team. You know, like there's the there's the draft and you get excited for the draft and you know and you, and you sort of follow it and you follow it leading up to the draft. And there's free agency, and you learn who switched teams and that kind of thing. And then you kind of forget. Yeah, yeah. You kind of forget. Like, I had to look at the Chiefs depth chart the other day and be like, oh, Rod Streeter. I, that's weird. Okay, we have Rod Streeter now, and uh, we drafted a cornerback. Like, that's, <laughs> and we took this guy from the Browns, who's probably terrible. Um, and, uh, but I can't remember. Like, so I'm thinking about the Jets here. Like, oh, yeah, the Jets. Are they going to be good this year? I don't remember. Like, I don't remember what moves they made or... So maybe one of you can remind me, or it's- I—I I mean, I don't follow the Jets. The only team I really follow during the off season is the Giants because I—I can't—I—I I pay enough attention during the draft, but I don't. I'm not like you. I forget all the little mini moves, not like the big names, but like the the mediocre mid mid level players to below who just kind of drift to other teams. Yeah. So I don't. I know the Giants stole. Um, their DT, their big DT named Snacks, probably because he's fat. Right. Like they might be like Stevie Johnson, and we don't know. Like he could be anywhere too. Like any of those moderate players. I, I think for the most part, the Jets are the same team as last year, which means they'll probably still be competitive. But again, with Fitzpatrick at the helm, who knows? Did they lose right. Cromartie? Did Cromartie. No, I think Cromartie. I think there were rumors that Cromartie was going to retire, and then Cromartie himself came out and said, What are you talking about? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't I say I was retiring. Anything. You dummies. Twelve mouths to feed, obviously. So I gotta work this for a while. I know one player who switched teams. That's kind of funny. Is Andre Johnson is still somehow in this league? Yep. Still wants to play football, and now he's on the Titans. Just still in the AFC South. Yeah. He. I wonder how much he hates the Texans now because he immediately goes to the Colts when the Texans let him go. Yeah. And now he's on, he's the, on Titans, the Titans, which used to be the the Houston team. It makes me wonder just how much Andre Johnson hates. Well, does do you think he has a vendetta against the Texans themselves, or do you think he has a vendetta against Houston, the city? <laughs> I wonder if he just has a vendetta against being on a good football team. Because <laughs> he was on last year's Colts, which is like the first time the Colts haven't made the playoffs mm-hmm. since they drafted Andrew Luck, and now he's on the Titans, and <laughs> the Titans aren't going to win anything. Well, let me ask you guys, how much, like, we all have been watching football for quite a long time. Like, do you guys still buy into some of the, like, the, like, their legacy and, like, the glory of your legacy kind of thing at this point? Because, like, I'm, like, older enough and bitter enough now where I'm putting myself in Andre Johnson's shoes. Like, hey, do you want to, like, play a bit role on a team and, and make a million dollars? Like, yeah, sure, that's a million dollars. Like, that's yeah. Million. <laughs> or, like... Are you at that point still being like, well, what about his legacy? Like he's gonna play for. The- I don't want to remember him as a titan because like that part of me is dead and gone with ten year old Trevor. You know, at this I... point, like, like you want to be the practice squad uh, quarterback. Well, what does it make? Three hundred grand? Yeah, that's three hundred grand compared to zero that I'm making otherwise. It does make you wonder if maybe these players didn't manage their money well and they have to keep taking these crappy jobs so they can get some sort of income again. Well, that's one thing that I like. I mean, that's why Yarmer Yager still plays at 45 years old in the NHL, right? Is because he blew all his money gambling in, in Russia, where you can really gamble. <laughs> I understand, you know? Um, but I, I get, like, that's another thing. Like, when I, we were talking earlier about talking to people who are just kind of uninitiated about sports and think it's innocuous and whatever, like, like well, these guys are making millions and millions of dollars uh, more than you know, some entire cities like, well, but keep in mind that their agents taking like 30%. Mm-hmm. There's probably 
uh, in Antonio Cromartie's case, 12 kids with like 11 different women. Right. Yeah. And so at least a few of those, and I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but like a couple of those were like you know, on purpose. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, this guy's a pro football player. I bet you I could get money out of this situation. You know. Oh, also, how much do you think? That one woman who has the two kids by him is hated by all the other, like, ten women. I'll <laughs> 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 be, like, just hated by those women. Um, you know, and so, and they're also expected, to, like, you know, the average career in NFL players, like, two years or something. And I don't know, picture, picture us, picture yourself at 23 years old. And if you're like, hey, guys, here's a few million bucks. What are you spending it on? I know Sam is spending it on a giant Pokemon party. No. No, actually, I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before. If I ever come into a lot of lo- a lot a lot of money, I'm gonna buy a lime green Lamborghini Miura and do all of the cocaine off of the hood of it. Nice, that's good. That's I would almost rather you do a Pokemon party. <laughs> well, I'd rather come to the Pokemon party. Yeah, right. Lambo cocaine party, just because those the, the green Lambo cocaine days are behind me. From oh. Oh God, no! My my lime green Lambo days, my lime green Lambo and cocaine days are ahead of me. But you're like anyway, you like you like it was like, hey, so you're you know you're not even middle aged yet. Do you want to make another cool million dollars? Like, yeah, absolutely, I want to do that. I otherwise I have to get a job in I don't know insurance or something or get addicted to uh, oxycontin. Like, it's, mm-hmm. of course, of course, I'm taking that that move. You know. Yeah, I definitely don't begrudge Andre Johnson for still wanting to play. I don't begrudge anyone who wants to play and leaves their team and doesn't go out on top like the romantic players kind of do. Like, it's always the romantic situation. Just, oh, this player who's been with us his entire career, he's going to stay, he's going to retire this player, it's going to be the same. They, I think the players at some level know that their final seasons where they didn't matter are going to be forgotten about by the franchise after a while. And the franchise is going to welcome them back when they sign the one-day contract so they can retire a whatever. Yeah, they, I mean, they, Ronnie Lott was a chief for a little bit. You know, like, I, nobody nobody remembers that. Although I like to remind my older brother about that um, because that's the kind of relationship we have. Do people even remember that Brett Favre was a Jet? Oh, yeah, that wasn't oh, even his last off, right? Yeah, yeah right. Like The Vikings situation, I can see people kind of remembering, but he was a Jet for a year. That was weird. That was um, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things happened on that team that year. Which was uh, what was his name? Sean Ellis. You remember that defensive lineman uh, for the Jets? Uh, Sean Ellis uh, was like, coming off the field, and he took this uh, at the last game of the year. and took this giant hunk of like compacted snow, like as big as a man, and just crushed it over somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, that was great. That was like, oh, I mean, the, the, the Jets season ends like this, <laughs> and I was like, that's how I feel inside the winter time. Absolutely. Yeah. That, so that's the thing. Um, and speaking of other dumb players who sign i i don't know this is a terrible segue i just wanted to talk about this mm. the big the funniest thing that's happened for the past week for me was a little thing and involved bill belichick and i think you guys know what i'm talking yeah. about here one of the beat reporters had to ask about jimmy caroppolo if if he played well during his four games as a starter would belichick consider playing him for game five and belichick just just kind of like shook his head and under his breath went jesus christ <laughs> and it just reaffirmed my love for belichick's sheer we can hate belichick for a lot of things but yeah. the one thing i will always love him for is his sheer contempt of the media i mean i hate belichick for exactly zero things but i think last time we were 
doing this, I talked about how I kind of like the heels in uh, in sports, you know. And uh, I'm also one of those jerk offs who's like, uh, you know, how many rings you got? Like I'm one of those guys. Like I hate Peyton Manning, wow. uh, and I hate like uh, Dan Marino. I'm one of those guys who gets drunk and says. Big players, big plays, big games. <laughs> oh, so you're the you're the person that I hate when I'm at the bar. Classically trained asshole at the sports bar. So, um, uh, like when Belichick just like like he dresses like an idiot. Uh, he likes having sex with weird moms. He has contempt for everybody. He cuts players a year before he should instead of like the rest of the league having them on a year extra. And I kind of love his cold hearted grumbling like uh demeanor and uh how he has zero decorum with anything and uh i would have contempt for the media too i mean you hear these <laughs> questions that they ask them like they're oh it's a terrible inane questions i think how many Belichick times you... really yeah moves. how many times do you think he's answered that same exact question i would just wonder he's been doing this i think he learned under bill parcells when he was with the giants because parcells hated the media probably just as much if not more mm-hmm. than belichick does but Luckily, Parcells, I don't think Parcells could have ever survived in the current era with the internet. Oh, if he said, if he called Terry Glenn she today, you'd have to see, like, a half-crying Bill Parcells apologize. On, yeah. Uh, which I don't think I want to see. And then there'd just be a bunch of, you know, crying Jordans on Bill Parcells. The internet would have a feel. Bill Parcells' coaching style would, would not hold up under today's scrutiny. No. And I think Bel- Belichick just... He he grew that same contempt, and now he, he just... He's actually a really interesting guy to listen to when you ask him about subjects he wants to talk about. Yeah. That's the one thing I've always noticed in interviews. When people start asking him, like, genuine football questions, he gets really into it. I mean, he's still kind of mumbly and doesn't raise his voice, but you can tell he's actually interested in what he's saying. Yeah, there's a clip of him on the NFL Network talking about Sammy Baugh, and uh, I think his dad, maybe Coach Sammy Baugh, was involved in some way or whatever, and he goes on about how he's like, it's like having Ed Reed, Tom Brady, and uh, and I think he says Brian Mormon as the punter, <laughs> which is weird. Like, oh, Bill Belichick always coveted the Bills punter. Cool. Uh, and he just goes and he's like um, candid and and uh, and like uh, descriptive, and he seems excited about it. But no one asks him those questions. I guess no, he just, just like, gaslight yep. him or something. Yep. I don't know. I I think to a certain extent, it it's just part of. I mean, I think a lot of these reporters are just. They're just beat reporters and they're just trying to do their jobs and they're they're trying to get some sort of quote or everything like that. And Belichick just doesn't have any patience for it, which is I love watching Bill Belichick press conferences because you can just feel the frustration on the reporters. Yeah. Just why can't we get this person to say anything? We've tried. We've been trying this for two decades. Why can't we get him to say anything? And the one time he does make a quote like. We're on to Cincinnati. It becomes a huge thing. And that's exactly why Belichick doesn't say anything because he wants to give the reporters as little ammo as possible. Greg Popovich does the same exact thing in, in basketball, except Popovich with a, is more of a troll. To he, me. Yeah, yes, yes. But, you know, he definitely still has a similar contempt for dumb he questions. Does. You know what I mean? Just, just because he's a little bit more... Uh, I guess lighthearted about it. Popovich and Belichick are very similar type of coaches for their leagues, for their teams. It's It's, well, it's the difference between like chaotic evil and chaotic good. In my mind, there's like they're two they're two halves of the same coin. uh, To use a less nerdy reference, Uh, (laughs) what are you referencing? I don't even know. Dungeons and fucking dragons. Oh, that's why. 
rolled the dice and lost 12 charisma points when you said that out loud. I, I was going to say, I think I lost the, the, the charisma points on that one. So, <laughs> um, I, th- What I like about Popovich is that he understands that like, the, the term troll isn't used as like properly anymore. It's used as just like if anyone uh, like disagrees with you, like, oh, you're trolling. Like, well, yeah. I'm a critic. I'm a, like a professional critic or something. The purpose of being a troll is to not get people to fight with you. It's to get two people to fight with each other who aren't you. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I guess. And uh, and Popovich is great at that. And uh, that's why he's on my hierarchy of trolls. He's uh, he's up there. He's definitely up there. My favorite part about Popovich is when he just outright starts insulting the reporters in the in the sideline interviews. It, they're just like, hey, what do you think's going on? He's just like, ah, they probably saw how ugly your suit is. <laughs> Yeah, that's why uh, John John Tortorella is my favorite coach in the NHL. I love him. Like he just curses on live TV at reporters for asking <laughs> And like Hockey Night in Canada has come up like, "Hey, uh, sorry about that." Uh, you know, Torts is a fiery guy, and then next time happens again. You know, now he's banished. He's a great coach. So he's banished to Columbus, but uh, he's never leaving because Columbus will never get a bigger coach than him down there. Great, fantastic. So yeah, it's good. Popovich, Tortorella, Belichick. I don't know who it would be in baseball. They don't really. Uh... Baseball's uh, baseball's pretty lame. Well, All the managers are just. Uh, they don't even call them coaches. They call them managers. Well, the, the Jays, the Jays manager uh, is uh, not last year, but the year before, uh, got himself kicked out of a game to, so, so he could go have a beer. Uh, <laughs> like that a lot, and he said that uh, he said that live on the um, right his interview later. Like, why'd you? Uh, why? Why were you arguing that? Didn't seem like sure. He was like. I'm just kind of tired of the game. <laughs> the Orioles coach is kind of a cranky older dude. Uh, Buck Showalter. Showalter's a little bit cranky older. He, he he's got he's got he's got a good crank level to him. That's true. That's true. Probably about it. I guess Dusty Baker's just lost his mind at this point. He's like he's like Reagan senile in office. He's a cranky. Well, we're talking about baseball. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we only have one more week where baseball is the only relevant sport yeah, to that's watch. Right. I'm I'm so excited. That's the that's the best thing about football coming back. Even if it is crappy light beer football, you don't have to watch it's, baseball. It's it's I don't have baseball can finally get pushed off all my feed where it belongs yeah it's funny i was telling my, my wife this about like why i watch the three sports that i watch and i was like hockey makes me angry uh baseball makes me kind of like just like what it's supposed to like kind of wistful and nostalgic right sure, sure. And, and football makes me uh just like just gives me crippling ennui like my friends will come over and like, <laughs> trevor's got the sunday ticket like let's watch over in there and they're like halfway through the first game they'll be like man you hate football i was like oh yeah <laughs> everything about football like, but you know more about football than anything else. I'm like, oh yeah, I've forgotten more about football than any of you people have known collectively. Uh, like, why do you watch? I'm like, I don't know. I like the nihilism that I, I have watching football. Well, that's one of the things I think me and Sam were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Football is the most chaotic sport disguised as one of the most organized and orderly sports yes. out there because it's it's so structured because you have it's individual plays it's like a kind of a chess match between coaches where everyone has a set definition of what they have to do during every single play of the game everyone has this it's all this order but because there's only 16 games in a season you don't know who the best team is at any point even even at the end uh fumbles just break everything down football is sheer chaos wrapped up in order and it's fantastic yeah i love watching the whole thing burn you know at this point i don't even know if i'm like rooting for the chiefs as much as i'm just rooting against the broncos like every day that i wake up you know so last year was the worst obviously um yeah uh, but i think that's maybe going forward what i'm gonna do instead of just like 
picking the team I want to win. I want to pick the team pick I want to lose. And then 31 out of 32 times, I'm going to be like, not, not happy, not happy, but satisfied. It's like, you ever talk to anyone who is obsessive compulsive and they're like, no, I'm not happy because I counted to three a million times in a row. I'm satisfied. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what football is to me. There's no happiness in it at all. Sometimes like, oh, good. A lot of people, like one of the reasons why I love the NFC East, especially these past few seasons have, has been the rise of clown ball and no one no one does clown ball like the nfc east does when you see giants and cowboys in a primetime game you might hate the fact that the giants and the cowboys are in another primetime game but you know that game is going to be entertaining as shit because these two teams are stupid (laughs) and and you're going to get weird chaotic crap happening all the time yeah more that jerry jones just makes a mess of his team and the league which by the way I feel like at this point he just runs it, like he runs the entire league, um, especially with the L.A. Rams situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the more he does that, just gets drunk, is a is a total misogynist, fondling pervert piece of crap, and uh, undercuts his son who's trying to take it over. Yeah, his son actually seems like a fairly competent football yeah. person. Yeah, and Jerry Jones has to know at the same time, right, that he's uh, he's yeah. trying to be usurped. They're trying to take the throne. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to have to watch the Cowboys uh, nine out of 17 weeks on primetime television. So That's at least the NFC East. The NFC East will be in half of the primetime games this year. And it, it, it does, it is kind of depressing that we, I, I've been bad at this because the Giants have started off playing the Cowboys on Sunday night, like for the past three out of four seasons. Is that just tradition now? I I think it has been out of since we won the 2011 Super Bowl since the 2012 season started we've played the Cowboys in the opening game every time but once and we're scheduled for it again this year we played the Lions 2 years ago that was the only time we haven't played the Cowboys in week 1 since we won the Super Bowl last And time. that that game always feels like an 80s like gross out comedy to me like kind of the snobs versus slobs kind of thing like Caddyshack <laughs> you know but like the Giants are the snobs, and just like they're the old uptight, like we're gonna do things the right way, the football way. And Dallas is just failing upwards, just shooting like six shooters up in the air. That's what that game is every year. I'm like, oh, who wants it least? Failing upwards. That's exactly what it is. Who wants it least? Yeah. Because last year the Cowboys started off uh, winning, and then the Giants came back to win it, and then completely fucked up the final two minutes of the game and let the Cowboys basically fart themselves down the field into a game-winning touchdown with 40 seconds left or something ridiculous. And, and it, it was basically just an entire game of, hey, which, which team's going to fuck up harder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, is uh, I haven't looked at the schedule. I hope that happens again this year. Yeah. I don't want, like, I wanted a competitive game full of errors. That's what I'm... Yep. That's, that's yep. pretty much what it always is. And it's probably going to be that this year. It's going to be a competitive game that keeps us on the edge till the very end but makes all those football purists angry we're not seeing the best of football but no we're seeing really entertaining <laughs> football i don't i don't want to see like that one of the things is i appreciate a good defensive struggle but only to a certain extent you know what i mean i want to see a defensive struggle where the defense isn't just stuffing the offense on three downs every single time i want to see a defensive game where there's a lot of interceptions and fumbles and crazy crap yeah. happening but that said one of my favorite favorite games of all time probably top five was that thursday night mud game between the steelers and dolphins that ended up three nothing on the final kick of the <laughs> <Yeah>. game <laughs> yep was that the game where there was the punt 
what the, the Steelers Dolphins was that the punt where the punt went up in the air and hit the field and didn't move. It just went stuck right into the field. And like upwards too. And- yeah. 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 I remember around that point with friends who were over to my house watching it like, that's it. We're out of here. I was like, what are you doing? This is perfect <laughs> television. This is exactly what I want to be watching right now. I think two years ago, it was the Browns versus maybe the Bills, and it was three to six or something like Derek Anderson won the game and he had like two for 13 for like neg for like 10 yards. It was, it, it was the worst stat line for a winning quarterback ever. Like those are, those games are incredibly entertaining because they're so bad. There's this, um, ever seen the, uh, Chuck, when Chuck Klosterman is on, uh, the NFL network, there's one where he's talking, talking about OJ Simpson. He said, it's uh, he said, when, when you say OJ Simpson is the best running back of all time, First, people get confused, and then they get incredibly angry at you. <laughs> <laughs> this guy rushed for over 2,000 yards in a 14-game season, and on top of that, like, there was nobody else on that Bills team. In fact, yeah. there was a game right. where the quarterback went, like, 0 for 4 with two interceptions, and O.J. Simpson got over 200 yards rushing. <laughs> I love those games. <laughs> those are the games for me. Go and just break into the NFL Films vault and see if I can steal them. By the way, what if you're here's a here's a barroom question. You guys have access to the NFL Films vault and you can ask for one thing to see. What is it? Oh, oh that's a good question. See and hear. Can I can I make them can I make them create one for me? Can I can I get them to create a supercut of Every single uh, postseason or elimination from playoffs, Patriots loss with a voiceover and set to music by Sam Spence. Uh, I do like Sam Spence. <laughs> that's that's good. Okay, I think I'm gonna go with. Um, apparently, when Joe Theismann's legs got broken, oh. <laughs> there's audio of Lawrence Taylor screaming, "Oh my God, I fucking killed him. He's dead." <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like presumably like it was right in the prime time when Lawrence Taylor was free basing at halftime too. <laughs> oh, that game that that whole thing is kind of frightening to watch because when you see his leg snap, you see Lawrence Taylor get up and start like motioning to the sidelines like holy shit and it's it's not the character of Lawrence Taylor at all. You could see he's like actively scared. Like, I, I because he's, he's probably under the impression like oh god, I'm going to jail. I just killed a man. Yeah him and they're gonna test my blood and they're gonna find out that i'm more cocaine than man at this point <laughs> so um i remember what my brother and i were watching we're taping that monday night game between the raiders and 49ers when we were kids and where ken norton jr's helmet hit napoleon mccallum's knee and it just went the wrong way all the way and they showed the replay and i remember i think it was deer was just like oh oh god don't don't show that again just for his family's sake please let's go to commercial and we had it on tape though so we watched it pretty regularly I think that's why I am the type of fan I am today. I think right there turned me to the the dark side, the heel side, was having a replay in my house on VHS of that happening and showing it to people when they came over. Before YouTube, you know. Oh, oh, you have faces of death? I've got something for you. (laughs) I think I'm a giant pessimist because of the Super Bowl against the Ravens. 
I think that's the last time I was ever really pro Giants, and I was like the person who was like, "Hey, yeah, go Giants! Giants are gonna win! Giants are great!" And then they lost, and that's the last time I was an optimist about sports. Oh yeah, where did like Man. where? That's a good question. Too. Where did your sports like? What point did your sports hope like shrivel up and die inside you? I think mine died when I was probably ten, which is a long time ago. Joe Montana was the quarterback of the Chiefs, and uh, he's doing, you know, he's leading some comebacks in the playoffs, doing really well. Might actually face his old team in the Super Bowl if Steve Young can pull it off later in the day. And going in at halftime, throwing the ball to our fullback Kimball Anders, and in the end zone to get really close to the Bills, and him just like dropping it and getting intercepted. And I was like, oh well, this is my life now forever. <laughs> and that was you can like you can watch me die like very quickly inside me and dissolve and ever since then i'm like ah, brody croyle amazing <laughs> <You know? laughs> every single time now it's just giants uh oh, giants are gonna lose they're gonna get blown out just like they were in the super bowl i'm not i'm not going to be a happy person i'm just going to watch them crash and burn and enjoy that <laughs> yeah that's what i'm telling you this is like maybe i'm recommending a few people some of our some of our listeners come over to my side is like you know like maybe at least teach their kids that i've got a friend who's got a a two-year-old son. We watch sports together sometimes. I'm like, should we cu- like curb him towards not liking like the Lions or the Browns or something, or do we let him do whatever he wants, or do we set it up for him or like choose a team to hate, and then you'll win most seasons. I mean, the one year that the team you hate does win will be the worst feeling in the world, probably. Right, right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. If the Eagles ever win a Super Bowl, I'm going to be the most miserable person in the world. Oh yeah, that's why. I mean, that's why I don't even bet on sports. I'm not really a gambling type, but like. I don't want to see the Broncos and be like, yeah, they're going to beat the Jaguars, so I should bet on them and root for them. No, I want them to lose every game by 56 points, and I want every player on their team to blow ACLs, PCLs, and MCLs and get addicted to, like, this is really dark. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop right now. (laughs) I don't root for injuries. I hope for them to get blown out at their best so that they just, there's just a lot of film of them looking dejected. Oh, yeah. That's good NFL film questions. <laughs> I, I would I would take a, a a long compilation of just Eagles fans looking sad. Oh, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's a lot of that. I'm sure they sh- they should actually do a uh, supercut of Manning faces, both Eli and Peyton. Oh yeah, I wonder if there's any like really old cuts of Archie Manning face. Like, oh man, uh, there has to be. There's got to be because they've been filming every game since like the since I guess Super Bowl four, right? Is that right? I think, or maybe a little bit before that. I don't know. I know that the, like um, I know that uh, Hank Stram was the first coach to be mic'd up, and that was for Super Bowl four. Yeah, and uh, so there's probably some was it Super Bowl four or was that Super Bowl three? That's four. Three was the Colts and the Jets. Oh right, yeah. I, I would, yeah, Chiefs and Vikings, right? Super Bowl four is the last time my team won the Super Bowl. I think I <laughs> <laughs> not going to make a mistake on that. It was 1970. I was not born yet, so. <laughs> We uh, still want to preview our team's chances. <laughs> yeah, we might, Why we not? might as well. Sam, Sam, how do you think the Bears are going to do this the year? The Bears are going to improve uh, from losing 10 games last year. I think they're going to go 8-8 uh, eight and eight at least um, because I'm pretty much pinning every single one of my hopes <clears throat> on Kevin White, uh, who was our first rounder uh, two years ago, or not two years ago, one year ago. Uh, who then got injured during preseason or training camp, uh, was out a year, and now we get him back. I think that he will help us a lot, uh, especially since last year without Brandon Marshall, everything went to shit. 
And uh, yeah, so I, I'm 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 optimistic about about the Bears' chances now that we have wide receivers that can make Cutler look better than he actually is. So I'm saying eight and eight or better. Jay Cutler, if I if like I were an athlete, I would be Jay Cutler. Yeah. Oh, we we are all Jay Cutler, dude. <laughs> good. Okay. Good. Good. We are all Jay Cutler. That's a great slogan for this year for the for to rally behind him. I love Jay Cutler. I, I think his just his 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 malaise. I think the only person people who hate Jay Cutler are Bears fans. Yeah, yeah. I, everybody else kind of loves Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler is delightful. He is delightful. He's so great. The don't care bear. Big fan. My team this year is being, uh, you know, uh, is is by process of eliminating other teams is being picked by a lot of people to represent the uh, the AFC West and perhaps even further than that because we didn't really lose anybody. We lost the cornerback Sean Smith and uh, replaced him with a rookie, I guess. But the Chiefs had like the best, like the defensive rookie of the year last year on the other side. It's mostly like, can we give Derek Johnson, Eric Berry, Justin Houston, all these players like one shot at it? Hopefully fix the offensive line. Decided the other, the court, the, the wide receiver on the other side was going to be Rod Streeter. So, I mean, I don't know. Streeter's good. The Chiefs just gave their, uh, first round, their first overall pick from a couple years ago, Eric Fisher. They just gave him a massive contract extension, even though he hasn't really earned it. Yeah, not really. They kind of like drafted Eric Fisher. I mean, that was the first time in my life where the Chiefs got the first overall pick, and it was the worst draft I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. That was a bad draft. Bad draft. There was nobody good in that draft. Um, and so Eric Fisher, I don't know. He, uh, it's hard to evaluate uh, someone playing like right and left tackle who's been injured a bunch and has a switch between right and left tackle. I don't hate myself enough that I'm going to watch Chiefs games from the tackle position or <laughs> rewatch them and I'm just like, oh, yeah, give me the, the full 22 from the, uh, from the sky cam because um, I have other things I should probably be doing with my life. Um, so I guess there's like there's not a lot of holes on the Chiefs, but, um, you know, the Chiefs are a snake-bitten franchise. Uh, they, they finally won a playoff game last year. Yeah, for the first time since I was 10 years old. I'm more than two 10-year-olds older than that now. Uh, <laughs> they beat a team that, uh, the last time they won a playoff game before that, they beat a team that doesn't exist anymore in a stadium that I don't think, uh, I think that maybe got blown up uh, recently. So Was that the Oilers? The Oilers, yeah. The Warren Moon-led Oilers. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was nice. Beat the beat the other Houston franchise um, because Brian Hoyer threw like seven interceptions or something. That was that was one of the worst playoff performances I've seen probably since Jake Delhomme. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I think he takes the takes the biscuit on that one. So like I said, the, the Chiefs are just kind of just kind of snake bitten. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I, there's no reason for them to not do well this year, but. Uh, that's every year. Basically. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't the Chiefs, I'd actually be pretty optimistic about them because the Broncos, they're they kept Miller. Their defense will still be good, but they, Mark Sanchez is quarterback. That sort of thing. Like the Broncos could easily fall apart pretty soon. Right. And Raiders are the hot pick for people. The Raiders, yeah. The Raiders are the sexy dark horse. Yeah. But they haven't really put it enough together yet for anyone to really should be nobody should be really taking them quite seriously unless they compete or make the playoffs this season. Here's another hot fact uh in my lifetime and uh, I'm 33 years old in my lifetime the Chiefs have not won a single game with a quarterback they've drafted. Oh, that's one of those yeah, awesome stats. There there are a bunch of really sad Chiefs stats like that, aren't there? Yeah. Brody Croyle went I think 0 for 11. <laughs> wow. Uh which was something and uh 
Yeah, I'm born in 82. In 1981, they drafted Todd Blackledge, and he won a game or two for them. By the way, that was the, that was the year everyone else drafted, like Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the Chiefs, right in the middle of all that, took Todd Blackledge. And uh, he won something in 81, and that was it. And so, uh, yeah, now everyone asks me, everyone likes to make fun of Alex Smith, but, like, of course I love Alex Smith. <laughs> of course I love Alex Smith. You know that Browns jersey that person has of all the Browns quarterbacks over the years? Like, yeah. we have one that's equally as embarrassing. But people don't really, you know, we're not the target of ire and sympathy as the Browns are. Because right. you've at least made the playoffs a couple times. You, you haven't been, you, you've been snake bitten, but you haven't been dumpster fired like the Browns have been in the same basic time frame. Yeah, Matt Castle took us to the playoffs one year and lost immediately really badly to the Ravens. Uh, and I remember the Chiefs in early 2000s with uh, Trent Green and Priest Holmes. Oh, yeah, they, the that was The best fun. offensive line. That was a good team. Yeah, there was an, it was an all-time team. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, where uh, <laughs> uh, faced the Colts, Peyton Manning, and uh, there was no punts, and they just had the ball last. So, yeah. Yeah, I have that DVD. Someone thought that'd be a nice legitimate gift for me <laughs> but a three chiefs uh season yeah where priest holmes had the uh yeah set the record for all-time touchdowns the offensive line was like brian waters willie rofe uh like anybody could have walked through that line and uh dick Vermeil, uh who cried a lot and i loved him and yeah, I missed that team. Wasn't was uh, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the okay. Giants. <laughs> All right, I I think the Giants are gonna basically be mediocre. I I'm kind of excited to see what this team does without Coughlin because Coughlin's been there for so long, and it, his old conservative style was. If it, there was times where I felt like it was starting to hold the team back in the past few years, and I'm kind of I'm really excited to see what McAdoo Unleashed looks like. Mm-hmm. Because Eli's had basically a career resurgence with him. So I think our offense is going to be good. I, I mean, Eli, he, he's, a, he's a weird turtle man who does not get hurt. <laughs> he, he's going to be fine. He'll, he'll have one or two typical Eli dumb face games where he just throws three or four interceptions and goes, oh, <laughs> things are just off because that's, that's just something he does. But he'll still be good. He, OBJ, as long as he doesn't get hurt, will still be good. Um, we'll have Victor Cruz back. I don't know if he'll be great, but he'll probably be okay. Uh, we have a new wide receiver that we picked up, Sterling Shepard, who seems like he's a perfect complement. And our offense, I think our offense is going to be okay, outside the fact that we're starting Marshall Newhouse at left tackle. That's our right tackle. That's a very, very bad thing. But our offense will be okay. Our defense is going to be shit, even though it probably won't be as shit as last year. Last year, we had a historically bad defense, and every... Oh my, last year, we have about five or six safeties go down in preseason, and as a consequence, we had to start Landon Collins, who's a strong safety, at free safety, and he just constantly got burned over the middle all season long. I mean, the Giants had such a bad pass defense that Eli threw six touchdowns in a game, and lost because Drew Brees threw seven. It's like that was that was the kind of defense we had last year. It was absolutely awful. But we picked we lost Prince, but he I, I was kind of sad to lose him because I like Prince, but he was never held. I don't think he played a full season for us at any point. 
So he had health issues. We've had a lot of health problems. We picked up Janoris Jenkins, who I think is going to get burned. I don't, I don't think he was a great pickup. We picked up Snacks from the Jets, who I think is an excellent addition to our line. We also picked up and completely overpaid Olivier Vernon from the Dolphins. And we'll have JPP the whole season this year, which we didn't have last season. So I think our... I was going to say, you don't have you don't have JPP for the... Well, you might have him for the whole season, but you don't have... You got like 98% of JPP. We have what's left of JPP yeah. for the whole season. We, we, ha- we have 99% of JPP. Yeah, and the, and the 1% how... is working out to quarterback the Jets. <laughs> so, yeah, I but we still have Spags as our defensive coordinator. And there are so many Giants fans who are obsessed with not giving Spags anybody. We had one of the worst defenses in our history, in NFL history, last season. And all, so many Giants fans were like, well, it's not Spags' fault. Why? Well, it's not It's not Spags' fault. He won us the Super Bowl in 2007. He, he, he's perfect. I'm like, no, is that, have you seen what he's been since he left us? The last time Spags was good was in 2008. Yeah, but he won us the Super Bowl. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, Spags. Yeah, you're, you're great. Great job. Thanks for 2007 when we had three all pros on our defensive line. <laughs> I, I was using your team as an extended metaphor uh, the other day um, because uh, I have, I'm a 33-year-old man. I make my living as a DJ. My DJ partner is a 22-year-old girl with a, like a weird haircut, right? And so you should, should totally form an indie band, right? Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> no one listens to bands anymore. <laughs> maybe I should form an AI that writes music and perform via hologram. Maybe that's the future. Anyway, I said, I'm like, we're kind of like the New York Giants. She's like, all right, I'll stick with you on this. I'm like, I'm like a 33 year old guy who's kind of just defeated in life at this point with a dad bod and hates going to the beach. And you're this 22 year old person with a weird haircut. You're basically Odell Beckham Jr. And <laughs> I'm Eli Manning. I have the experience, but you can be all the flash and get people interested in the team again. I just, yeah. I just want to show up and play Hollow Notes extended mixes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Eli's ever had anything but a dad bod. Yeah, I love that about him. <laughs> I mean, me too, man. You know, I see a picture of at the beach. I'm like, Eli is legitimately my favorite football player, and when he retires, I'm going to be the saddest person. Because I've I've basically become the person I am now by watching Eli Manning. <laughs> I love Eli Manning. He's also one of my favorites. Like his interviews where he just kinda like I don't know. Like he doesn't engage at all. Not like the same like he has the same like like um like like Belichick actively has bad feelings towards the media. You can yeah. just see the negative waves like flowing off of him. But when Eli did that one press conference that nobody showed up to right <laughs> then there's nobody who's like sat there just be like all right like because he le- legit doesn't care no that. like he's like nobody showed up don't really care everyone showed up i didn't care so much interceptions ah well like i think my favorite antidote was uh michael strahan he in his hall of fame speech he he he's going over like what all these players would taught him and everything like that and he said it was so annoying like getting pumped up before the games with Eli because he'd go off and he'd like he like get all pumped up at high fives and bat packs with all the other players and he'd get to Eli and he'd just look at Eli and Eli'd be like what and he'd be like <laughs> and he he basically just resorted to shaking Eli's hand and being like have a good game. <laughs> I love that we could all learn so much from that just being a human lithium pill where we just squash our highs and. And in the America's game for the 2007 Super Bowl win, he tells another story. He's just, Eli is, he's so 
irritating when you go out for the games because you don't know if he's doing good. With most quarterbacks, you can tell if they're going to have a good day. You know, they're, they get kind of pumped up. They got that look. But Eli has the exact same dopey look on his face every single minute. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's. I mean, I want to be like, I aspire to be like that. Like, I just like carve out any depression and any highs and just like bumble through lines. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. Good for Super Bowls. Like, I hope he wins two more Super Bowls. I mean, that's a lot of my hatred for Peyton Manning, like, <laughs> like speaking there, but I don't know. I love Eli Manning. I can't believe your favorite uh, anecdote isn't the fact that he has seen your painting of him and he has responded oh, to that. it in a Reddit AMA. <laughs> that's true. Eli did a Reddit AMA and I made sure to comment with my painting of him with his dad bod on the beach with his tiny little bucket (laughs) and i found out that and he said that he he gets a lot of shit (laughs) for holding (laughs) for holding his daughter's bucket there's nothing that's uh, my favorite part is that that's what did it not the fact that he looks dopey as hell or you know he's got the dad bod or those or the like weird trunks he's wearing but the thing that got him shit in the locker room was the tiny tiny bucket bucket. (laughs) that was it was that well, I remember when I made that painting and it went viral, a lot of people were commenting on how hilarious the tiny bucket was. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a great part of a great painting. Yeah, it's high art. It's the kind of art I would have in my, in my home if my wife uh, wasn't with me anymore, I guess. <laughs> if she decided she had had enough, I would put that up in my house. <laughs> Do you not have a man cave? Uh, no, I live in Vancouver, so everyone lives in uh, like places for like 400 square feet for $2,000 a month. So my man cave is like, I don't know, the couch in front of the television, I guess. But that's also like a few steps from the bedroom. So happy BC day. (laughs) 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 Yay. Well, well, thanks for getting drunk for us, Trevor. We've we've hit an hour here, so we might as well uh, wrap it up. So, Trevor, uh, how can we follow you? Um, You can follow me on Twitter. Twitter before I get my uh, checkmark taken away because I did it in a totally backwards way. Um, I'm at at Sunshine Sucks. Um, I'll be I'm there. I'm the only Trevor Risk on Facebook except for another guy in my city who's a huge Canadian Football League fan whose name is Trevor Risk but with an E on the end. So I don't know. If so it's like Risque? Maybe no Risque would be R I S Q U E with an accent on the E. You know. <laughs> so I don't know. I should probably. So it's like the the redneck version of Risque. Risky. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy with always a BC Lions hat on and jersey and that kind of thing. And so uh, I'm I can I'm there. I'm at risk underscore youth on Instagram. Um, uh, my band has a new record out that uh, yesterday. It's really good. Thank you. Um, my uh, my local uh, like legislative assembly member <laughs> uh, heard us because we license a lot of music to TV, and now he's really into us. And he's like. Oh man, I just found this this band from my from my neighborhood, uh, and I'm and I'm really into them. I listen to this song on repeat, and uh, I said to him, "Well, don't well don't watch the video in mixed company because <laughs> it's like legit pornographic." Yep. <laughs> so uh, uh, fans of my band include my local uh, member of parliament, and uh, and uh, so we can uh, you can listen to that because if he likes it, I'm sure your listeners will too. All right, Sam. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at. S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S-E-S on Instagram at Robots and T-Rexes or Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. I can never remember which 
one I am on. Uh, on you Instagram. should probably look that up so that you can have a better delivery at the end it's of the probably podcast. true. That's probably true. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, you can also find me at twitch.tv slash robots fighting dinosaurs. I'm uh, in the process of moving now, so it might be a little bit before I stream again, but hopefully uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, Dave and I will be playing some Rocket League with my roommate, Ray, and that'll be fun. Um, I also write for GameSkinny.com. I'm going to start writing for YardBarker.com, uh, doing video game uh, posts as well as WWE sports and food and drink things. So keep an eye out for that soon. Okay. So, yes, I am Drawplay Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Drawplay Dave, on Facebook at the Drawplay Comic, at thedrawplay.com. This podcast and the comic itself is brought to you by the Drawplay on Patreon. So please help contribute and help us make more of these. And uh, thank you for listening. We will see you next week.